0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Tatooine Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me is my co-host, the godfather of Football Garbage Time. It's Scott King God, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Saturday night football. Oh, I know, I know. It is kinda cool and I was just gonna say that, you know, we were talking about this a little bit but holidays right around the corner, but I feel like it's already arrived because in week fifteen we got Thursday night football, we got three games on Saturday, we've got a full fleet on Sunday, we got Monday night football. I mean like that is just four chances to watch football games without being distracted that's a big A-plus in my book. Well, how do you feel about the three uh, games on Saturday? You you have a fan of having games on Saturday?
0: Um, Yeah, you know, I, I'm good with it. it. It does change the, you know, the schedule a little bit, but with college being out, it, right. it replaces it. I'm extraordinarily stressed for Saturday night. It's,
1: it's going to be a rough time for me. Well, we'll all be having to have our eyes on that game for sure. see the, uh, what happens there, the Lions turn it around or the Denver Broncos keep surging. But uh, that being said, let me ask you about this last Monday Night Football uh, duo. So I, this is the first time, I, I actually don't remember, but I don't think they've done that before. Have they had a Monday Night Football game where they started exactly the same time? I know they used to do two football games where they would kind of, you know, kind of stagger them by about an hour, but both at the same time. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, both at the same time and both. This late in the season, is for sure different. I, yep. I enjoyed it because I watched the But so I yeah. felt like I was just hanging out, you know, talking football and bouncing back and forth. So that way I liked it. I don't know if I – I didn't even check the other standard broadcast to see how that worked.
1: Well, you know what's interesting is I, I finally found a use – or my Xbox and multicast, where you could actually put two games up at the same time, I'm like, this is fantastic. There's only two games on. I got them both on the screen. I felt like I felt like a king. I felt like this is like amazing. I love this. Although I missed out on on man cast, I, I kind of thought about doing that. And I actually there was a little bit of controversy over the fact that he called they called Tommy DeVito's uh, they said that Tommy DeVito's agent nickname was slimy. Did you hear all about that?
0: Oh, I did. I missed that.
1: No. So apparently Uh-oh. they said that they, they called him slimy, but they were like making fun of it. Like, oh no, I double checked. Like I think Eli said his son double checked and did the research. And that, and that's actually his nickname from high school was slimy or something. I think he was making a joke. I don't think his son actually did any research. But, and, you know, and, and to his agent, to Tommy DeVito's agent, and you might, if you have not seen it, he was dressed up like basically in a zoot suit suit i guess he was trying oh, to look he... like he was a made man but he was actually kind of looked like he was going out to go swing dancing or something from the 20s um but that being said i think that he he didn't take offense to it but he said i just don't understand it i don't know where they came out came at me on that one i don't know where they got that from so that was a little controversial there uh there and i kind of wish i missed i wish i saw that now live because i'm sure it was like them being goofy about it um but anyway i, I totally i totally missed that. I, so talking about Cast, always a fun time, regardless of the fact that they kind of step in it sometimes. All right. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about top five power rankings, quarterback injuries, fantasy football playoffs, quarterback replacement options, uh, top rookie of the year as we see it from week 14, uh, at least at the week 14 point, top games of watch in week 15, and much, much more. So let's get rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we get to the quarterback portion, I'm going to talk a little bit about Tommy DeVito, not that I think that he's going to bring the Giants to the promised land or not, but I got some words about that because I went to Illinois, as you know, and he was from Illinois. He actually played at Syracuse first, and he was good in Syracuse, and he was bad at Illinois, so I'm trying to figure out exactly what happened between being in Syracuse and coming to the Giants. But anyway, let's talk about our top five power rankings first. Scott, let's start with you. Give us your top five power rankings starting at number one and working our way to number five. Yeah, this is kind of tough, um,
0: it, you know, when you start slicing and dicing the teams. But um, I went Baltimore 1. Uh, I, I have um, the Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team this year, so I've been watching mm-hmm. them right. every week. And then they played Detroit and just beat the brains in. Um, yeah. San Francisco, I mean, you know, what can you say there? Solid number 2, kind of a 1B. Then at three, for me, I went Miami. I, I really mm-hmm. like what they're doing lately. I think they're lo- they're looking pretty strong. Um, you know, McDaniel is just kind of a mad scientist there. Kansas yep. um, City at four. You know, interesting to watch Patrick Mahomes have such a hard time with a correct call made against him on the field, just to kind of show yeah. what he's getting away with in his career. You know, a team that I'm usually really down on, but I'm going to give it to them this year is the Cowboys um, Mm, and Dak Prescott. I think,
1: you know, they're, they're heading in
0: the right direction. So, you know, that leaves out Philly. So that, that's, that's a a close call. I'm for sure not putting Detroit in there just because I'm so aggravated at them, Um, (laughs) you know, and, you know, build on the fringe, Uh, not, I couldn't even say Jags. So Baltimore, San Fran, Dolphins, Chiefs, Cup. That's me. All right.
1: So that's that's pretty – we kind of have the same cast of characters but just a little bit different order. And I actually did include the Eagles in mine. But I have 49ers. The 49ers is number one right now. I really do think they're playing the best ball on both sides, on defense and offense, um, when they're healthy, when they're 100% healthy. Uh, I think the Ravens are number two. So we just flipped those right there, 49ers and Ravens. It's close enough that I could go either way on that one. I mean, I think they – are respectively the top teams in their conferences at number three, though uh, you have the dolphins. I have the Cowboys at number three. I think they've been awfully Mm -hmm. impressive in the last couple of weeks here at number four. I still have the Eagles in there at number four. I mean, let's not forget that they are 10 and three uh, and they are, um, have been really solid all year round, but for a little bit of a hiccup right now. and, And obviously the Fumble Rooskies, that's, uh, that's going to be a problem for them. You know, that they had the three fumbles that really yeah. led to them being uh, decimated by the Cowboys this last time around. You know, he, they had three fumbles the first time, too, but they recovered all for three fumbles, and that's why they ended up escaping with basically a one-score victory, whereas this time they just got, their, their, they got themselves uh, shown up, and I think that's, that's a big key right there. If they can't hold on to the ball it is going to be a problem. But I still think they have what it takes there on offense and defense. And number five, I have those Chiefs who I think are floundering a little bit right now, um, but they're never out. It's just, I think it's going to hurt them more that they really didn't work on on their wide receiver room. You know, I mean, we keep talking about this all year round, but I think that's a major problem for them. So the one I left off here is the Dolphins. And I know you have the Dolphins at number three. And I, I don't disagree that the Dolphins are one of the top teams in the NFL. My concern is that, they let the Titans catch up um, and beat them in the fourth quarter and and that was shocking to me that with four and a half minutes left, they were able to come back and win that game um, and that 's something that a winning you know team with a good defense shouldn 't allow to happen and I say that you know fully understanding that that 's exactly what the the Bears let the Lions do three weeks ago. Um, and, you know, but that's a sign, I think. It's a sign that you've got to play four quarters and the Dolphins weren't able to keep up. Now, our, understandably, there were injuries with the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill out, that makes Tua a completely different quarterback that makes that offense a completely different offense. So I understand that and definitely had an impact as well. But I, that's what left me with the Dolphins at just outside the five And actually, to tell you the truth, I had the Lions right after that as well. So I got 49ers, Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles, and Chiefs. You got Ravens, 49ers, Dolphins, Chiefs, and Cowboys. We talked about the, you know, the difference here. um, But why did you think, you know, you have the Eagles out of the five. I have the Dolphins out of the five. You think the Eagles are in for a slide here, or do you think there's something else going on?
0: Um, You know, part of it for me is, is uh, I've never been super high on Jalen Hurts, even going back to college. So I have a little, uh, I'll admit, a little bit of bias there. Mm-hmm. But you know, a couple of games slide. They played, they played um, San Francisco, who we both have it either one A, you know, one A, one B. They got beat pretty Destroyed. pretty soundly, and then <laughs> right. Alice, you know, they got beat soundly too. So. What is that, you know, what is that saying? They're You look back on their schedule and they're beating up on Tampa and Washington and the Rams. And, you know, they've right. got some good wins early in the season. But, you know, what does that say? We're getting – we're in December. It's a different game. You know, Detroit is is kind of feeling that pressure that starts to build in December. And they, they go back-to-back back in the NFC and, and get embarrassed, really. I mean, it wasn't right. close. And, right. and so that, that for me, was kind of, uh, you know, pushed them back. Miami, yeah, they lost Monday Night Football, you know, by five points. The game was kind of weird. I You want to talk bad beats, I missed the playoffs by six points when I had Tyreek Hill, A-Chain, and Dylan going
1: right. in Monday
0: Night Football, and I got beat by six points to miss out on the playoffs on a tiebreaker. Oof, that's um, a bummer. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that, for me... It's kind of what pushed me in that direction.
1: Well, if, and if we're going to go bad beats, i got to tell you my one bad beat here. Um, I, was, I thought a lock for playoffs, uh, but I had Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen on that team. And as, as we all know, Justin Herbert had that 1.4 fantasy point uh, show off uh, where he ended up breaking his finger and then was out after that. Uh, I ended up missing the playoffs by 0. .6. Uh, because no. of that so <laughs> right oh, so oh, no. had he just like a did like anything else you know say so there you go um regret oh. city because quite frankly to tell you the truth Justin Herbert until recently has been a pretty good quarterback he was actually quarterback six uh through the season until that game um uh, overall so he, he was actually quite a good draft pick for me and he had kind of carried me through some good games I just happened to have some tough matchups there, so that was really brutal for me. <laughs> that was that was not a fun no. time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, enough about our own bad beats. There's plenty of that to talk about there, but I think the power top power five rankings we're pretty darn close. Uh, I think we agree on most of it. Dolphins and Eagles are the ones probably just on the outside looking in right now, but we'll see what happens as we continue along with the season and get on to the end here. So let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one and move on to the next topic, which is Quarterback injuries, and this is like the year of the quarterback injury. I I won't go through all of them, but of course this week we had Justin Herbert break a finger, he's out for the season, CJ Stroud in the concussion protocol. Previous to that we obviously had Aaron Rodgers in the first game for the Jets, Joe Burrow out for the season for the Bengals, Deshaun Watson out for the Browns for the season, Kirk Cousins out for the season for the Vikings, Daniel Jones uh out for the season for the Giants, Kenny Pickett out maybe for the season for the Steelers, and Kyler Murray who started the season out and, you know, came back after that, but, you know, ostensibly missed most of the season, which cost the Cardinals any chance of a, um, of having a shot at the playoffs. So, you know, let me ask you this, um, Scott, what do you think? What's the biggest impact here, the most impactful quarterback injury with respect to their specific team?
0: Yeah. So for me, it has to go to the the guy that I drafted in every league and Scored exactly zero points of the season, mm-hmm. uh, which is Aaron Rodgers. Right, you, you know you you've got to look at the devastation for that franchise. You've got hard knocks. You've got you know whatever it was six months of build up.
1: Yep, um, A lot you of know high-tech.
0: national television running out with the flag, and he played three plays. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, I, I mean, it's just you. I never saw – of the all the possible outcomes, that was definitely not one of them.
1: Right. Um,
0: however, I did have in my Twitter feed in the preseason and in that same game, I think, before – like on the second play, if they don't fix this offensive line, Rodgers is going to get killed. And then two seconds later, he blew out his Achilles. Yeah. Uh, but they just – you know, they, they've done, you know, really up and down. Zach Wilson, you know, what is he um, – it was was uh, Boyle, you know, running out there, quarterback. And, Boyle, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, it's just really struggling. And and I'll put as my second one, just because Rogers was so in, it, obvious, Deshaun Watson, he had all of his struggles the last couple of years coming back. You know, it's a quality team, very good defense. Um, They're actually still in the playoff line with Flacco.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I the funny one, thing – About that one, though, you know, and obviously Deshaun Watson, a big blow for them because they spent a ton of money uh, on him and he hasn't really done much for them. But Joe Flacco in his last game outgained anything Deshaun Watson has done for the Browns yet, you know, so I mean, that's I mean, and he he just signed and Joe Flacco, obviously, after his last game was named a starter for the rest of the season. Uh, 36 years old, and he uh, is getting a salary of like $700,000. That is a far cry from what they uh, have paid and are continuing to pay Deshaun Watson here. So I think the jury's a little out on Deshaun Watson. At least I am on Deshaun Watson. And I don't know. I think Flacco, I, I was skeptical of when he came, when they brought him off the streets. But after watching him for two weeks, I, I have some some glimmer here that they might have a shot. I mean, they're 8-5, and five, uh, and they're rolling along oh, here yeah. with uh, Joe Flacco. So uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen there. I mean, they play my Bears next, so that should be a, a win for them. And then they got the – I mean, I, who, who knows, I suppose. They got the Texans, who were probably going to be very injured at the time. They got the Jets. They should be able to beat them. And they got the Bengals at the last game of the season. And who knows what's going to happen to them. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Jake Browning uh, as well. But – I think they could do something with that, you know, I, I, but I agree with you. The, the impact of Deshaun Watson going out actually might've helped them. I think that Joe Blacko actually has a bigger arm right now than Deshaun Watson, which I think is kind of crazy to say. Um, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. But I, I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, definitely the biggest impact there. I mean, we saw what could have been last week, right? When Zach Wilson lit it up for the first time this the season against the Texans, basically had a career day. We saw what it would be like if you have one of the best defenses in the league, coupled with a competent quarterback along with one of the best young receivers in the league and Garrett Wilson and one of the most dynamic running backs in the league in Brees Hall, and, you know, right now that could have been the jets and what it is going to be is a wasted year for all that. So that's a, it's a real shame. Obviously Aaron Rodgers could have, I'm, I'm no fan of Aaron Rodgers because of his ties to the Packers, but the, that was a real shame for the New York jets. What about Kirk cousins and Kyler Murray? Those are the two guys I, I actually flagged as well as being, Really big impact here. Kirk Cousins, I mean, with him in the lineup, Justin Jefferson was the best wide receiver in the league, and Jordan Addison was trending into the top five. Without him, Justin Jefferson is a mere mortal, and <laughs> Jordan Addison is nobody. So, I mean, the, I understand that they don't have much of a ground game, but that, that makes it even all more that more important that the quarterback is, is, is good, and Kirk Cousins, you know, was impactful for them now they, that he was out. Josh Dobbs, you know, the magic of Josh Dobbs can only last for two games on any given team, so that's over. And now we've got Nick Mullins, and that's not going to go anywhere. So I think, obviously, that's very impactful with Kirk Cousins. And Kyler Murray I already spoke about, but he started off injured, and now he's back. They've won two of the last four. Before that run, they, you know, quote-unquote run, they won one of their first nine games. So, you know, think about how much this could have been really different had Kyler Murray started the season uh, instead of Josh Dobbs again, Josh Dobbs—the magic of Josh Dobbs <laughs> floating around out there. What do you think about that, Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray? Their impact in their teams. Yeah, I think you know what's what's interesting.
0: You look at real football and fantasy football. Right. I, I grabbed Dobbs early on, and he had he was a pretty solid, you know, QB in a two quarterback league. You know, right. you're looking at some pretty solid numbers from him. And then I was able to stash Kyler Murray on the IR. And right. so from a, a fantasy standpoint, if you were able to you know, marry Dobbs and then Kyler Murray, you're able to put together some numbers. And then in like this weird stroke of whatever, Minnesota <laughs> then picks up Dobbs and he fills in with some a couple of really high number, you know, 20-plus number games for Minnesota. Right. So from a fantasy standpoint, if you had Dobbs and Kyler Murray on the bench, you were right. able to piece together quite a little fantasy string there. Now, obviously, Dobbs is out. But that's just where the, the reality of fantasy versus real football matches because Dobbs just put numbers up. And like you said, they won one game in Arizona.
1: Right. And they were both free, obviously, for most drafts. So for fantasy purposes that's a great that's a great get. Um yeah. and, and Josh and that's what I said, Josh, the magic of Josh Remember when he started for Arizona and he had that one win and he played those close games and they, they were they had that trending video where he couldn't buy his own jersey, you know, and they got him a jersey and it was like all like really good times and then and then they benched him for Clayton Toon, you know, like a couple of weeks later. So and that was out. Then of course he, he went to go start for the for the uh, Vikings uh, not having been there for three days and the magic of Josh Dobbs hit again, I think he's just got to keep moving. You know, I mean, he's like, he's got two games for team. That's basically it for Josh Dobbs. So, you know, you need a fill in for two days, two weeks that he's your man. Uh, just don't expect him to last the entire season. All right. Talking about well, fantasy isn't, football. Isn't, yep, yeah. I was just
0: going to say, is not that the Fitz
1: magic formula? It, it totally is. It is kind of like the Fitz, although Fitz magic has had, had strung along I think longer time, you know, he, he's actually yeah. strung along some success, you know, more, much more so than Josh Dobbs. I mean, he was actually pretty successful in, in Buffalo for quite some time. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like he was like a really good, a decent quarterback that kind of just kind of fell in hard times, found opportunities and flashed for like, you know, a couple of games at a time. Like Josh Dobbs never really had that. And, and he's never demonstrated he could make more than a two game impact on any team at least not a good impact this sure. uh, kind of what I see about it. So let's, let's talk about fantasy football though. Cause we, you mentioned that obviously fantasy football players suffering from the fact that these quarterbacks are all out on injury. Uh, what are your thoughts on quarterback replacements? Now that we're going into the fantasy playoffs, particularly for those who've lost people like, for instance, Justin Herbert, like myself uh, and, and those who might not be able to use CJ Stroud this coming week. Cause so far he has not practiced. So what are your thoughts on replacement quarterbacks? At, that are available in at le- at at, uh, at least sixty percent of leagues.
0: Yeah, so I I jumped leagues, out. I, uh, I, I jumped out this this week and and made the big pickup of Easton Stick. Oh you know, wow! The, the, <laughs> <We'll> see
1: see <laughs> the, how that goes. <laughs>
0: the quality quarterback. Fortunately, I I don't need him to start. I'm I'm right. more stashing and blocking. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're you're looking at at some pretty slim pickings. Um, you know, Minnesota is a quality team. Um, yeah. I, is Jeff is Jefferson back this week, or is he?
1: Yeah, so I, I think I, he's trending towards playing. And, and, I, yeah. and if you're going to suggest Nick Mullins, I guess the question is, you know. Most guys who get in there and, and haven't had most of the first-team snaps will, say, will either have a connection, A, to the guy he's been throwing to on the practice team, or B, um, whoever the number one target is. who just kind of pepper him as much as possible. Uh, and Justin Jefferson only needs to catch one, and he can make it happen. So uh, I, I get it. <laughs> Nick Mullins, I don't, feel, I don't really don't feel good about it <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but, but I do understand that. Um, be, it would be a tough pill to swallow, though. <laughs> to put
0: you also got to look at into my the, yeah. You've also got to look at um, quarterbacks in that position, like the lean on the tight end.
1: Yeah, that's and true. They've got that's right. Hawk. Yeah, Hawk's yeah. great. Yep, he's absolutely great. I totally agree with that. So uh, here's a couple that I I had pulled out that are available in about fifty percent of leagues, um, or uh, or more. So uh, Jake Browning is forty six percent owned, so available in fifty four percent of leagues. Gardner Minshew, 26% owned. That's all, that's uh, available in about 74% of leagues. Joe Flacco, as we just talked about, uh, 21% owned, so available in 79% of leagues. And Tommy DeVito, 7% owned, and that means available in 93% of leagues, so probably floating out there. So any of those things, any of those guys look like uh, viable options to you? Jake Browning, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco, Tommy DeVito.
0: Yeah, so... Um... I, all my leagues are two quarterbacks, so I always have to to remember back to the single quarterback days. So I, <laughs> I own I own a lot of Jake Browning. Uh, started him last week. He had a great. obviously a tremendous uh, tremendous game twenty four plus points for me. Um, right. So yeah, if you're in a single quarterback league, I, I really like. I would probably uh, I like Browning and Minshew probably mm-hmm. at the top of that list and then kinda down from there. Um, right. but you know, Cincinnati has weapons, explosive offense. He obviously, you know, feels feels comfortable in the situation. He's been putting up twenty plus points multiple weeks, so yep. um I, I've I own some Browning and I'm hoping he's gonna actually carry me to a championship in, in our league.
1: Ooh, wow. Well so I, I am I am also relying on Jake Browning in one league in which I had Justin Herbert. So I hope you are right. I'll let, I'll let you win or we'll run away with our league if I can take my league with <laughs> Jake Browning. I'm happy to take that, take that trade off right now. But you're right. You know, Jake Browning has been great. A t- 275 yards passing last week, two touchdowns. Of course, the rushing touchdown on top of that. And then the week before that, 354 passing yards, a touchdown, and another rushing touchdown on top of that. So he's actually been very good. Uh, over the last two starts. And of course he faces off against Minnesota this week. He has Pittsburgh the week after that, and he has Kansas city in the last week. So there'll be some questions as we go on, but certainly this week, I like him Um, and Gardner Minshew uh, also doing some good things out there. I'm I'm a fan of his, I think he's been doing relatively well. I mean, he's been consistent um, for most of the season averaging up around 17 to 20 fantasy points uh, per game Uh, So there's a little bit of fluctuation. Um, Strangely enough, he got decimated by New England, uh, but managed to take it out on Tennessee. (laughs) So, you know, a little bit up and down. They're facing Pittsburgh this week. Yeah, Atlanta after that. And then you got Las Vegas uh, in week 17. Uh, Joe Flacco, honestly, has been pretty good. I mean, like the fact of the matter is that they also have weapons because they got Amari Cooper there. and, And David Njoku is actually starting to find new life out there. So the fact of the matter is that over the last two weeks, 311 yards and three touchdowns last week, 254 yards and two touchdowns the week before. That's pretty good uh, against the Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, facing off against the Chicago bears. Obviously the bears defense has been better of late, but there is some opportunity there. Then he has the Houston Texans after that. And then the New York jets to end off. So, You know, Joe Flacco, maybe a mix and match a little bit. Now, Tommy DeVito, obviously desperation desperation play only. But keep in mind, he's not had an interception in his last three games in which he won all of those three games. And last week he had 71 rush yards. I mean, that is a fantastic floor. If he can actually start running more, and he was doing that more, um, you know, a a couple weeks ago. And that's that's part of his game when he was at Syracuse. He didn't do that as much in Illinois because he was terrible there for some reason. But getting those yards on the ground, great floor there, and you get some touchdown upside. I mean, if you look back, he's thrown only for one touchdown apiece in his last two outings, but before that, three and two. So, hey, anything can happen. He puts together a game where he has 50 rush yards and two touchdowns, and we're talking about a real quality play here against New Orleans and then against Philadelphia, believe it or not allowing the most points to uh, t- opposing quarterbacks this season, which is shocking. And then the Rams in week 17, who are only eighth best against the pass. So all those things lead up to me saying Tommy DeVito, maybe one of that mix and match that you might want to consider later on in the fantasy season. Okay. Well, that takes us to the next part here. Let's hit the box and go on that and talk about the rookies of the year. What do you think about this? So who, which rookie are you highlighting as the guy in charge right now, the one that you would pick as rookie of the year after week 14.
0: Yeah. So this is, I'm going full Homer. So I'll just start there. Um, (laughs) and I, I normally am just such a, a critic of everything Detroit does. If anybody follows me on Twitter has heard me on the show. Right. Laporta gives this year, um, they both really flashed. I think Gibbs has been a little more up and down. It's come on a little stronger here lately. Right. But from week one, a rookie tight end, Laporta has come in, performed, you know, done well in, in the, the blocking and and receiving. Yep. Uh, obviously, he's get those highlight catches. Um, Goff now has two really solid options on third down. It's usually Amon Ross, Tate Brown, but. Now, if teams try to double him in the slot, they're finding Laporta. And you know, if you if you look at what Detroit did last year, which was trade Hawkinson, they got a ton of criticism. Minnesota went and gave him a huge contract, eating up a ton of cap space. And then you followed up with a first round tight end, where people were criticizing him for doing it. And then the guys come in and performed. You know, you add all that up for me, and, and I've got to give him the top. You know, props. He's – I saw some stats. He's ahead of, you know, so many of the hostile the names, the quarterback in yards and touchdowns. And uh, he he's just really done well. And to have two of your top playmakers as rookie contracts, I mean, that's really setting Detroit up in a good place for a couple more years. So I'm going to go yeah. Sam LaPorta as my rookie of the year so far.
1: So Sam LaPorta also one of my picks. So that definitely – I do not disagree, and obviously not, not homerism for me, just purely <laughs> just looking at the numbers, my friend. I mean, he is doing great already, 702 receiving yards and six touchdowns through Week 14. That's phenomenal. for That's absolutely phenomenal for a tight end. And, he, and you were right. He came in right away and had an impact, you know, five for five targets in his first game, five of six in his second game, started scoring touchdowns in his third, and he hasn't looked back since. So, there will be some lean weeks here and again, you know, if you're using him for fantasy, but in terms of real football, he has been very impactful and a great, great uh, sub, uh, maybe even better than in the future, at least it has the potential to be than Hawkinson. So, you know, great, great move here by the Detroit lions. Now I would have to give it to Puka Nakua. Still, he's obviously trailed off a little bit as of late, but has picked it up in the last two games. You know, he was four or seven for 105 yards and a touchdown, 2 weeks ago against Cleveland and then against Baltimore 5 and 9 for 84 yards. I mean he has just been an all out weapon. He's already over a 1000 yards, uh 1113 to be exact. He's averaging 13.6 yards per catch. I mean he's Don't really really been really really good. And I think that at the end of the day the important thing here to notice is that he was a round 5 pick. So having that kind of impact uh coming out in the round 5 pick is uh been phenomenal for the Rams there. So I, I'd have to give it Tapuka Nakua, but obviously Sam Laporta, a very, very, very close uh, there. And I actually have Sam Laporta listed as top. Uh, if you had not taken him first, I, might, I probably would have mentioned him. And I, and I will give a shout-out to Tank Dell. If Tank Dell was not yeah. injured, I might pick him right now. I mean, he, he had 709 receiving yards and seven touch, 15.1 yards per catch. I mean, that, the fact of the matter is he was blowing it up. He was absolutely destroying it. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the injury he's put on, the broken fibula, put him on IR. Um, at the end of November. So, you know, if you you track that out, he would have surely exceeded 1,000 yards this season. Um, He would have probably had about 10 touchdowns this season, which is absolutely phenomenal out of this world for a rookie wide receiver, particularly when it's 5'10 and 165 pounds. He's just really killing it. It is all route running with Tank Dell. So I would have picked Tank Dell had he not got injured, but I got to give it to Puka Nikua now because he's still out there and uh, rocking it. But Sam LaPorter, a great, great pick. Let's hit the boxing bell. Okay, hey, real quick. Very end of the show here. Tell us, what game are you looking forward to in Week 15?
0: It's it's Detroit, Denver Saturday night. Sam, um, Sean Payton against uh, Dan Campbell. Lions are reeling. Denver's coming on. They figured out how to play football again. Heine's Wilson has got it going on. Um, if Detroit loses this game, their playoff hopes are in big big trouble. So. For me, it all comes down to Saturday night, Lions and Broncos.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. The line now down to Lions by four point five. The over under at forty seven and a half should be a little bit of a shootout here. I think the Lions need to probably solve some things on defense, but the Broncos, you know, they have been exposed. They just got they kind of got lucky with their draw last week. Um, the Chargers were reeling and they lost Justin Herbert, so that was basically the end of all things for the Chargers. Uh, but yeah, it will be fun to watch. Lions-Broncos, I'll uh, I i am be uh, be rooting for your Lions in that game. That'll be really fun to watch. Uh, the game that I have my eye on this coming week is, um, you know, the Cowboys-Bills. I mean, I think that's that's what a lot of people are looking at right now. The Bills, if they want to turn it around, have to keep winning. Strangely enough, the line is uh, the Bills by two. Uh, I, I get it. The Bills are at home. But the Cowboys, man, they've been rolling recently. And Dak Prescott isn't making a lot of, uh, making a lot of mistakes already. 3,505 passing yards, 28 touchdowns. So just six interceptions. So, and CD lamb having the career career season here already at 1,253 receiving yards and eight touchdowns, uh, you know, the bills are kind of struggling on the ground and they're not, they're even struggling to get the ball to Stephon Diggs So uh, I don't know about this one, but I have my eyes on the Cowboys at the bills, but I do love, of course watching the Broncos at the Lions as well. All right. That brings us to the end of the show. Let me hit the air horn on the show here. And let's get your, uh, your social media here, Scott, so people can follow you.
0: Yeah. Hit me up at uh, NFL fantasy underscore underscore more. Um, talking football, boxing, Jake Paul, but whatever's going on in social media, I am um, have an opinion. So,
1: uh, always funny, huh? <laughs> and he certainly does have an opinion, folks. He will not hold back. So go follow Scott right now and tangle it up a little bit because uh, he's not going to hold back. All right, I'm just going to warn. Fair warning, all right. You, get, you have to have a. You get ready, get the do up, all right, because it's going to it's going to come. He's going to bring it. All right, you can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter or X or whatever the heck you want to call it. Don't sue me, Elon, or on Football Garbage Time at the page on Facebook. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Hey, thanks for joining us again, Scott. It's always awesome to have the godfather of football garbage time on the show. It's always so cool. We'll see you back on again next time. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your NFL week.